don't know. That's my really low energy uh, excitement. Uh, Mortal Kombat team. Fuck the Mortal Kombat out. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to come out now. It needs to be out now. I need yeah, that, I need... every everything I saw is is mouthwater. Yeah, yeah. I I went back and watched the gameplay footage, and I'm I have so many questions about some of the things that are happening. Not in a bad way. Just I'm curious about the game mechanics of it. Um, yeah. Like, um, I love the story mode. Is I kind of want to know what the timeline shenanigans are. Um. <laughs> Uh, and I want to know who the fuck is in the game. Well, even even beyond that, it looks like the every character has multiple X-ray attacks, and potentially not even X-ray attacks, and not like the the fatal attack things that they showed off. But like the, the scene where you see Baraka biting like part of somebody's arm off, like that wasn't an X-ray attack. That was just like, him ripping some an, flesh. An arm, yeah. Um, by the way, everybody, uh, welcome to an After Dark episode of Phantom Zone. Um, this is going to be a very- very casual episode because uh, uh, we didn't approach a topic and Hunter fell asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, asleep. yeah. It could be long or it could be short. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. It really depends on how, how much we want to do this, how, how committed we are to the, <laughs> to the, to the show. Uh, um, no. <laughs> you saying that with so much enthusiasm makes me wonder. Not really. <laughs> Um, uh, not to turn this into an episode of Lost Hero Gaming, but uh, yeah, no, that that gameplay trailer looks awesome. Um, I don't want I don't want too many of those new characters come back because not all of them are that good. I yeah, I don't want I don't want a large swath of the the combat kids back. Yeah, and like I said in the chat earlier, we don't need Master Blaster back. I'm good. I don't need it. You know, they were spitballing ideas and just said, "Yeah, let's see what happens." That's give that's a, what give I think. him a backpack, but make it a little girl. Yeah, exactly. I just I don't understand why Rain never came back. Like Rain was great in nine. Why not bring him back for ten? I don't know. Sindel, Rain, and Baraka all had to sit out, and uh, Smoke, Nightwolf, Cabal, Striker, Jade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or as my uh, as my youngest boy called it when we were playing Mortal Kombat nine the one time, it's like, who's that hippie? I was like, what are you talking <laughs> Oh, you mean Nightwolf? You mean the Native American guy? Oh, what the head? <laughs> yes, he did, because he couldn't figure oh, out God. that he was Native American. Oh, my. Yeah, wow. you know, I'm, I'm raising I mean, him to be intolerant. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain innocence to that that's admirable, I guess. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think he was... I don't, God, I don't even know how old he was when he was playing that. I'm probably a at least, terrible at stepfather for letting him do so. <laughs> at least he didn't sit there and go, who's that red man? <laughs> who's, the, who's the goddamn engine? Yeah, then I've only seen that. people like that yeah. when there's trash being thrown. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he, didn't, he didn't ask who the Italian guy was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I think I found out about that, that Italian thing recently about the uh, the litter on the highway ad. Oh God, really? You you only recently found out about that? Like, yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's something that's been around for years. That like the the Native American community was kind of like, ah, nah. I, was, I don't think I was ever old enough to have seen that commercial on TV. So uh, it's I've always been yeah. I like I knew it from fucking references and other shows. Well, I mean but that was Simpsons. That's where I. That's where I got it from. Because it's they do a whole uh, actually, bit on there. The one thing I can remember is a reference in Mission Science Theater. Actually, I'd, I I wasn't old enough to see it when it was airing, but I mean, I think you know, I was I was two, three, four in the early eighties, and right. it definitely was something I was able to vaguely remember seeing the commercials. But uh, oh god, I mean, oh, I imagine god. PSAs were a lot different in that. The same PSA would run like forever back, back, yeah, pretty back much. then. Whereas pretty much. now now they have like a three year lifespan, I would I would say. If, I don't know. If even. If even, yeah. because then you've got all the stuff online that people just have that only appears online. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can remember watching Saturday morning cartoons and you'd see the same like say no to drugs type of stuff. And like when there was a new one, it was actually exciting because it's like, wait, mm-hmm. that has Leonardo in it. Like, yeah. That, that, this one has an egg, and she's gonna she's gonna cook it. Exactly. 
Exactly. Oh, She's going to oh, destroy God. the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. commercial I've seen. That commercial I've seen. Um, uh, mm. Lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, actually, on this topic, uh, I saw that fucking that Instagram page I follow uh, called VHS Hell, and that's where I found that fucking uh, Indian zombies. Oh, God. That, yeah. That movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't remember. It was something oh, I should Oh, damn it. Yeah. Oh, let me see if I can find that. Uh, yeah, that was. Oh, did Tallboy join us? Well, he's. I just saw him pop in the chat. Okay, good. Oh, never mind. Good. Never mind. I'm looking at the wrong chat. My bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> his fucking picture. Um, uh, damn it. Let me go find good it. Job. Good um, job. That page is a really for stuff that we should watch on Movie Dumpster because there's all these like weird fucking obscure stuff. But the problem is, I think for us to watch it, we would have to actually transfer it from VHS to DVD or at least oh, transfer from VH- like VHS to DVD and then into a video file so we could share it. It's uh, Indian zombies get heap big revenge on white man. And the movie is called The Dark Power. It's fantastic. Not, not terribly racist at all. Some painful, uh, uh exploitation that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, that's that's something that that the terrible white people in power have kind of stepped away from. Well, I mean, um, what's it called? Uh, more like those like seventies uh, films that are always like Blackula or Everyone's Naked or like was it uh, like SS Woman of the fucking Castle? Oh, Ilsa, Eastern. Ilsa, yeah. Wolf of the SS, yeah. Yeah. yeah, shit like that. Yeah, that classic. Yeah, well, <laughs> there was now, a, there was a ton of Ilsa films back then too, or at least it seemed like it. Because yeah. I can remember the horror section in my video store always had like three or four different ones. But was that a Corman uh, picture? Was that a, 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 a Corman I, special? I, I don't think so. I think that was that was actually something that was like kind of like Skinamax level stuff. Ah, uh, okay. Or probably yeah. Italian, maybe Italian. Most yeah, likely. most likely Italian. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, actually, a lot of the uh, movies I saw from the video nasties list were. All- oh yeah, no, those. That's the thing. The video nasties were such a weird list of things because there was stuff on there that's like, really, why are you, why are you so? <laughs> so well and British, um, <laughs> and we don't like so- things. It- broad in what it deems to be you know scene um especially yeah. like when you pair it against stuff today i mean uh anthropophagus i think is what it's called or it's called the beast it's got another name in italian um or it's like the cannibal uh that movie's still disgusting i uh, i know the name but i've never seen it it's about like some people who uh end up on this uh italian island like what the fuck um uh, and there's a guy living there who like got marooned there and ate his family or something. Uh, so oh. he wants to eat them too. And then the end of the movie is the funniest fucking way I've ever seen a villain be our movie. He gets no. like stabbed. He gets stabbed in the stomach with like a steak or something. And like as he's going down, he just runs inside of his own stomach and pulls out his guts and starts eating him and drops dead. Oh. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, commitment, commitment okay. to the bed is what I would call that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like the one dude from Ricky O who uh, who tries to choke Ricky oh with his gut. Oh my god! I think I'm gonna watch that sometime soon. I may laugh till I die again because that movie, first is, time I saw that movie. That movie is so ridiculous. Like that was one of those things that I found on VHS at uh, I think it was an Exhumed Films Fest that was that was taking place in New Jersey. <laughs> I got a I got a bootleg of that movie along with a bunch of other stuff because they had a ton of awesome things that I was never going to find anywhere else. And yeah, wore that thing out. Just it was so bizarre. It was so good. I mean, I I do thank Craig Kilborn for uh having that on the Daily Show. That was how that movie got relaunched, but yeah, yeah. I heard that was where it got picked up. Um mm-hmm. where it found some newfound uh notoriety anyway. Um well, and it was. It was... I, and I didn't see that clip first. Someone showed me the movie first. Oh God! Well, I went into that moment completely, and then when he fucking like, it's the hard cut to like what's clearly like a a paper mache dummy, <laughs> and there's like there's nothing in the middle of it. It's just there's whatever was there is gone. It's just two hands, and then just head crush. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, I just I'm trying to remember because I I remember the guy who pulls his guts out. There's that scene, and at the very end of it, doesn't the uh, the warden become some sort of crazy monster or like, something along those lines? He says like, "Ah, you're not the other one who is master of the art of." the fuck ever because the like the, the martial arts in that movie is so vaguely described like he gets stronger by having his old grandpa beat him with tombstones like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw that i was like are those like people's tombstones why does he have so many of them well looking back on uh on what riccio looks like through most of the movie too i i kind of wonder if boone and tobias were fans of that movie because Liu kang kind of looks like riccio a little bit in the first mortal Kombat no. game Wait. what's that riccio made i want to say it might have been after the first mortal Kombat. really maybe i don't, I don't know did look this that. up at one point but, oh, and uh, and if no, eight, 89 to 90. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. And if you're, uh, if you're curious about back to an earlier subject, the other two Ilsa films were a uh, harem keeper of the sheiks and <laughs> Ilsa, the wicked ward. And then look, looking up Ilsa into a fucking search engine. And it was Ilsa Faust. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, because I just looked up Ilsa She-Wolf and uh, it also brought up SS Experiment Love Camp. Love Camp 7. <laughs> Gestapo's Last Orgy. And then Bloodsucking Freaks and Last House on the Left. Oh, Nazi Love oh, Camp 27. Seen Bloodsucking Freaks. That movie fucking sucks. Listen, not every movie can have a great scene where they're throwing darts at someone's ass. All right. Not like, every movie small. can divide audiences. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that like was... that movie is nothing but a dartboard in the ass. Like everything else is so stupid and useless. Movie. Um, well, that was that movie. Uh, I think it got distributed by Troma later because I can remember yeah, that was why I bu- I bought it because I yeah. Sunk- when Suncoast was still a thing, I went in there and saw the, the Troma logo on it. I was like, this looks like trash. I have to have it. Yeah, um, I can remember always seeing the uh, trailer for it in the beginning of uh, Troma movies that I owned on DVD because it'd be like, oh, yeah, here's this, this, and this. And it'd be like, oh, what's what's this? What is what is Wizard of Gore? What is this? Like, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen Wizard of Gore. I've seen the sequel to Wizard of Gore, I think. No, I, wait, oh, what God. was it? Wizard of Gore. It was... um. Uh, it was a a chef uh, themed uh, gore movie. I can't remember what it was called. Um, God, no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it was no a lot. Idea. It was one of those movies where it's like right there, Wizard of Gore, just like just disgusting for no reason. Stuff like pieces. <laughs> Jesus Christ, memory um, lane here. Yeah. Uh, I burned through a whole bunch of trauma movies. Go to the local video. That's how I discovered Toxic Avenger. That's how I found. <laughs> I don't think anyone could release Kabuki Man now. No, no. That movie is entirely too racist to be released now. I haven't even, I don't remember anything about it. And I'm pr- pretty sure it's probably still highly inappropriate. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it since I was maybe 23. Can get made nowadays. I'm just going to have a mini conversation about this because I can't wait for the movie dumpster episode. I don't think Lawnmower Man would make it past the pre-production phase with their idea of what simple Job should be. <laughs> uh, oh, not that version, <laughs> certainly. Like, oh, yeah. Also, I don't think anybody movie. would be as bold faced as to just like make a completely different movie and then just put a title on it. Um, I mean, I would hope I not. I love the story about the production of that movie. It happened, and then. Um, Oh, who's? Oh, Eric came in. Um, yeah, filming it, and they just slapped the title into some script they had called Cyber God. And then Stephen King was like, "Hey, this isn't Lawnmower Man. Take my name off of it." And they went, "Okay." And then he, <laughs> Stephen King seemingly walked away, and they said, "Don't take his name off of it." <sighs> We're gonna use his 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 cachet. And then he I, sued. I think he sued and won, and they still put his name on it. <laughs> and I think I find that funny because this was before. This was after Maximum Overdrive, right? So <laughs> yeah, definitely was. Yeah. So he's he produced oh. that film, and he's still like, take my name off of this. 
actually, didn't Stephen King write and direct that movie? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. And I know he was also on a mountain of coke when he did that movie. So, yeah. Yes, he yeah, was. That's, <laughs> that's why a pop can kills a young child. And it's, it's uh, fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Uh, you, it's you know, so I have actually, I have seen in its entirety the Lawnmower Man, to, uh, Lawnmower Man sequel. I rented it from my local VHS store years ago. Yeah, I did too. I, I barely remember it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much as far as you can go. Uh, no one comes back. Uh, not even uh, Jeff Fahey or Pierce Brosnan. Um, nope. They got Matt Frewer, who played uh, Moloch in uh, in Watchmen, <laughs> to be Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he he was also the guy who played Max Headroom. He's been really? so mad. He's not? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought Kevin it was. Maybe yeah, he's Max yeah. Headroom. Yeah. I could have sworn he was he was Max Headroom. I feel like that's why he got the role. That. <laughs> that's probably yeah. why. He's he's one of those guys though. He's one of those I've been in everything dudes. Um, yeah, he even had like a short-lived uh, sitcom on uh, I can't remember if it was CBS or ABC or whatever where he played a doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know mostly that's my, a that's very my soft welcoming voice too i can see him as a doctor um yeah one of the dead he's a zombie they have to shoot at who turns hmm. yeah i haven't revisited that movie in a long time and i probably should i just saw i think they're prepping for a new dawn uh the 70s version uh for a new blu-ray mm. Yeah, that'd apparently be great. The last, one, last one was shit. Apparently, from what I understand, that's that's what I heard as well. And also, I've I've always heard rumors. I don't know if it's true or not that the uh, Italian cut of the movie actually has a little bit more to it than what America got to see. I believe that. Like, I can't I can't confirm or deny that, but I'm I'm hoping that's the case because Dawn of the Dead was a movie like pretty much every year from age like 12 until 16 i would rent on my birthday like uh, I, I love that I, movie so much I, I love that one but i got very attached to day of the dead uh in my teens and have revisited that like every few years and it that movie gets better and better on repeat viewings because i didn't realize that movie has got kind of a lot going on for it in terms of um kind of, uh, addressing the themes of the past two movies and kind of uh, wrapping them up I see for me the dawn or not dawn day is has always just been hey let's all yell on an island for two hours like that's that's pretty much what that movie is to me yeah it but just, it does have it has Colonel Rhodes and he is just that I can't remember that actor's name but he is a fucking lightning rod of of nastiness and charisma the entire movie. Oh, he definitely is, but I think just the main thrust of that movie is like, we don't know what's happening, let's just yell, and then zombie. There, there's there's one scene in particular, like, where it's it's all the, the decent people are having a little powwow, and uh, it's the, I can't remember her name, but the main character goes to leave, and Dr. Powell's like, what's the point of all this research? Like, you're just going to fill this building with more uh, boxes and folders that, and already boxes and folders here, you're just going to lie with more boxes and folders. All this is useless, humanity died, let's just kind of try to be happy. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and the ending. Yeah, the ending was nice to actually have a somewhat optimistic ending. But yeah, I just something about day just never sat with me right. Like the gore was great. I liked. Uh, I liked. What's his face? Was it Bud? It wasn't Bud. No, that's Bud the Chud. Is who oh. I'm thinking of. What was that? B-U-B. Okay, okay, Bub. That's it. I couldn't remember. But yeah, that's the highlight of that movie for I think everybody. Yeah. Um, and then he had a weird cameo in, in Land of the Dead, and I hated it. Oh really? Yeah, he's, he shows up in Land of the Dead for a quick second. I think, um, like, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you're paying I, attention, you can see him. I um, saw that movie once and never felt the reason to go there. No, the only thing I'd like to go back is to uh, see that one scene where, uh, where oh, God damn it, I'm having a bad memory night. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Um ah! Oh, Dennis oh, Quaid, or not Lord Dennis Quaid, kid. not Dennis Quaid, um, Jesus, Dennis Quaid would be a real weird choice for a Land of the Dead. Jesus. <laughs> Randy Quaid, uh-huh. Randy Quaid, he'd just be drunk. Um, no, uh, the main Star bad guy. Star killers are coming for you. Oh, um, uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper that's it. Um, yes. When Dennis Hopper knows everything's going on, and he's right out, and... I forget what exactly what the reason is, but at one point some guy is with him and Dennis Hopper's like, Oh wait, 
and comes up and shoots as he's trying to help him. It was something along those lines. Or he shoots the guy so he can get away and have more, I guess, supplies for himself. I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second, but I got the gist of it. Um, I know it's in you're talking about. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Like, I'm like, all right, zombies getting smart. Is he okay? I don't feel anything. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. That series has. I wish time was kinder to it, and I wish the people, uh, exploited the idea that technically a lot of them are can be remade by anyone. Um, at this point. Wish all those people would fucking stop it because now there's like four Day of the Deads and all of them are awful. Yeah, excluding none of them seem to follow uh, the ideas of that. Oh, film. they just make like, shit up. Yeah. They're like, like it's gonna start like Day of the Dead, but then it's gonna go off this weird plot line where zombies puke and everything's disgusting, and it's a hospital, not a military complex. Blah blah blah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, on that subject. I didn't get to talk about it in the show yet, but now is probably a good time in any, as any. I watched Hellraiser Judgment. Oh my. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't believe how nothing of a movie that was. It, granted, it was better than Revelations, but that bar is so low that I wasn't even concerned with it. Uh, but this, Eric, your point about it being too complicated and why hell needs bureaucracy is so on point because... Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hell. <laughs> the character called it's hell. Yeah. a new character called the. They Auditor. have one job. Yeah, no. They don't even need like a, a loose structure like in the Mordor games. They just <laughs> there's one dude, and then there's a bunch of people torturing each other. I, like, yeah, there's there's one dude who delegates everything, and he can kill everyone with the snap of his fingers. That's the idea of hell. Like he can he now, can make your punishment worse. Now there's essentially like a fucking uh, there's a character called the auditor who's like a middle manager character who's covered in cuts and wears sunglasses and a suit. I don't know why. Um, there's no mention of Leviathan. Uh, hell is never shown. Um, and Pinhead now conducts his uh, his his and condemning through uh, kidnapping people and then having them sit in a saw looking like room and then uh, they puke into a thing which then is siphoned into a room where a bunch of girls dressed as angels drink it out of a trough um, and then a fat man walks in and then a tiny man crawls out from beneath his crotch and then starts cutting people. It's fucking stupid. I- <laughs> <sighs> so complicated. Thanks Lionsgate and Harvey Weinstein's brother. Um, God. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all the mysticism was so out of it in favor of this like Hey, I saw Silent Hill once, and I looked at a picture of a Saw film. I just, mm-hmm. I don't understand why they wouldn't look at, like, all right, so the last really successful Hellraiser movie was two, arguably three. Let's I, keep I, that in mind. I still say yeah. that those movies are watchable up till part four. Yes, that's the one where they go to space. But at least it's, you can look at that and go, that's an ending to Pinhead. Like, that's, that is yeah. an ending that you could easily apply to this. Oh yeah, I know. I will. I will argue. I will argue to the death that Part Four is actually a decent movie. Maybe, maybe not for everything that happens in it, but for the grand plan they have for it. Like, I uh, think it. I think it works. So ridiculous! Like he's gonna lock Pinhead in a giant lament configuration that's essentially mm-hmm. a space station that's gonna work in the. It's gonna blast him with light until he's just blown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And then they had to bring in Drunkle Pinhead. Uh, that's like three movies later, though. The ones in between are, are, are just... They, I think they took other horror films and just kind of worked Pinhead into them and called it a day. Never never even bothered seeing them. Oh, they are bad. One of them I, stars the uh, the dude from... What is it? The Havoc commercials? I can't remember what that guy's name is. Where I think he was in Oz as well. Oh, oh, that guy. That guy, the one yeah. who was in the insurance commercials? Oh, God, really? Because yeah. uh, he... He played a Liz Lemon's shitty boyfriend in Thirty Rock too. I did not know that. Uh, and then in yes. one of, in one of the later movies, Kirsty comes back, and I was like, "Oh, this oh, bad." No. I've been no. using her. Right. I God, I can't even imagine how much they had to offer her to come back, and especially being that it's a later movie, they didn't have a whole lot to offer her. Get that? I think that was was too relevant at that point. Either so, I think. It was like, 90s i think her star had faded um uh, i I, mean, I don't think i've seen anyone outside of those movies pop up in much of anything else 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is kind of surprising because you would think that at least somebody might have transitioned into some sort of acting gig from there, but it seems no one had any luck after Hellraiser. And I also think Doug Bradley was just basically stapled into that costume for 15 years and he just wasn't allowed to leave it. Oh yeah, that too. I'm sure. I'm sure they just his full pinhead makeup and just waiting for a phone call. Like, oh no, no, they just left the studio. Like they just shut down the lights. Like, see you, Brad. Like, what? Uh, what, <laughs> no, what? I'm sorry. I'm a Shakespearean trained actor. This is preposterous. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and that's something else that bothered me too is that they have in the last two films they haven't found someone who can match even Bradley on his worst day. People are so fucking low energy and don't have any of like the 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 grandiose presence that Doug Bradley had as Pinhead, and it just hurts the movie. And that's that's what the strength of a lot of those movies were 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 the over the topness, for lack of a better term. Like like there's a certain amount of like of melodrama you need for those movies to work properly. Like you can't you can't just have it be like the more recent batch of splatter films like saw and whatnot. It just, it doesn't have the same feel to it. Like that's and, human. And the, the overall aesthetic of the Cenobites, James, like no one is pale skinned with like metal sticking at them anymore. Like they don't represent, you can't look at them and go, that design is clearly speaking to this person in a certain way. Now it's just like, put a gas mask on someone and then give them sickles. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the army supply store and <laughs> <laughs> and pick a bunch of random shit. And... <laughs> few movies can get away with that, and I think one of them was Frankenstein's Army. So, mm-hmm. right. I mean, you can yeah. yeah. Especially if you yeah. go to a Russian supply store, you can get a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it comes up whenever Hellraiser comes up, but The Howling has a similar problem. Where like. The later movies have just gotten worse and worse, and but yeah. even like the most recent ones, they fall into the CG trap of like a really cheap CG werewolf. And like, oh. I watched The Howling Three fairly recently, and it's not it's not great, but there's some really well, good it, practical effects work in that movie. So I, that's something. I would argue that there are some great practical effects work in the first one. And then there's also really bad scenes that look like they were cut out of the uh, animated film, heavy metal of werewolves. Fucking. Like, yeah. That's, yes. that, that is also true. Like, yeah. Like that scene where, uh, where what's his face. Who was in night of the, uh, night of the creeps. He, uh, Oh no, he doesn't turn into a werewolf. It's uh it's, it's the crazy werewolf woman, and oh no, he does get turned into a werewolf, doesn't he? Blonde yeah. dude. Uh, the husband, the, yeah, I mean the husband. Spoilers. Yeah, this, the husband turns into a werewolf. Yeah. He gets seduced yeah, at one point, yeah. but yeah, I remember they show them like uh, getting it on at the fire and, and in the middle of the night, and when it pulls away to show them turning into werewolves and howling at the moon as they both climax at the same time. I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it looks like something out of heavy metal. Like, yeah. I was like, huh, because I watched that movie like maybe four years ago for the first time in forever. And I was like, ah, OK, yeah, sure. Okay. The, yeah. The, the later Howling sequels, the after uh, American Werewolf in Paris. What? Um, I, I think only the most recent one, because they, they tried yeah. to do like a reboot and I didn't even bother because I was like, I was actually kind of excited. Cause why, I was like, why? Maybe they're going to try again. Maybe they're going to really give it a chance and hire a good director. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Why would they do that? No. On, on that front, there is a, you, you have probably seen it, there is a short film on YouTube called and it was basically a, a, a proof of concept short film somebody made and pitched it to Dimension as an, in an effort to basically reboot the franchise. They went really? all fucking in on this, like, and they completely redefined the aesthetic of the movies while st- staying true to what it's supposed to be. Like, it's it's just a, it's like a minute and a half, and it's just you start at the bottom of this giant pile of writhing bodies, um, and then you okay. rise up, and then Pinhead standing on like it looks almost kind of uh, like Aztec inspired, uh, but still yeah, maintaining yeah. that weird Hellraiser aesthetic, and he's standing in front of like a like I think what I was described as the new version of Leviathan, uh, and he's got a new design. He's wearing like a, a an apron, and he's kind of shirtless, and he's covering cuts and everything like that. He's got all the pins in his head. They're more crude. They're like um, they're like little railroad spikes. Oh, interesting. Uh, and then he says, "Welcome to hell," and it pans out, and blah blah blah. It's over. And Dimension was like, mm, 
oh kind of kind of like that uh spawn short film that was out there years ago that is probably going to look better than the new spawn film um I the mean, one that you don't <laughs> go ahead i was gonna i was gonna say i mean again harvey weinstein's brother he can't be spending money on something why would he ever do that he would uh he would rather not spend money on anything and just release a very bad film they're just like this looks expensive and the director of that short is like i funded this myself you guys can do this <laughs> I, well i'm sure uh harvey weinstein's brother whatever the hell his name is i feel bad because i used to know both of their names but um well i don't really feel Names, I, so. I really feel I don't shouldn't feel too bad being that Harvey Weinstein is a terrible shithead um, mm. to put it lightly but I feel like his brother is just having all the money he has siphoned into Harvey's legal defense even though even though fun fun fact about that I saw that Harvey's lawyer has uh, quit he he has left his ah. defense <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good sign sir you fat motherfucker Ugh. I just i I wish you could just put him in a locked room with Uma Thurman for an hour, like just, uh, just yeah. the damage she would do to him. With oh, the same I was going to add too that um, it seems like those horror franchises that were big in the eighties and nineties, like every attempt to revitalize them either stumbles or just meets with like middling results. They just don't yeah. try, and it's a cash in, which is that's more disrespectful to me honestly like not even making yeah. an attempt at doing anything interesting um, well it's i think they're trying to it to make sh- or hope that it it does well because of the name like that's it like there's there's no real effort put into it because just like oh yeah people like this in the 80s let's see if this does well that, like, that nightmare remake was a blur to me like i can't remember anything about it i never <laughs> saw it yeah. oh go ahead no, go I ahead, Arlen. Say, I respect that more than some of these cash-in movies, though. Like, they, they tried on that film. Um, I don't think it worked, but they, they did try. I, I think at cast. bare minimum, casting Jack Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger is definitely trying. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and that, that was what gave me hope. I didn't see the movie, and then I heard all the things about it. I'm like, oh, no. But, like, I that was... The design of Freddy just wasn't clicking. He's, instead what, of yeah. having... This Really kind of gross looking face that pizza um mm. and unpleasant to the touch it's he's the same color but all of his features are flattened and his eyeballs over here and just it's so minimalistic it doesn't look that good he's he's very cg like to a, an unsettling uh point um and yeah it kind of just takes you out of the movie um his performance is really good though. So it's like, uh, take the good with the bad, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, I've talked about this before. The micro naps, um, are the real thing that like make that movie different. Um, cause you have characters who are sort of, you know, going back and forth between dreaming and there's a real good use of tension and almost like there seems to feel like something out of Hitchcock, um, in that movie that are very well done, well directed. Probably my um, favorite thing about it because, it does open up opportunities for some for a character who you you should go that person's awake, but then for a few mm. seconds at a time you could slip into not- Freddy's world and something bad could happen. Mm. And they tried to play with Freddy's presumed innocence over being burned alive um, after the trial, and I don't think they ever make a hard stance on it one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought I had heard was that like they they kind of directly say, oh, he was a child molester. But then they're like, but was he really? Was he set up by the parents? Mm. Yeah, but then it, that intrigue is just sucked out the window because I think five minutes later, like 10 minutes later, they stumble upon his like fucking sex dungeon that he walled off somewhere. It's like, oh, he's just evil. I'm like, oh, come um, on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was something I didn't pick up in, on until I was older watching the Nightmare films. Like, it's there's an ambiguity to if Freddy is actually the one who did all that shit to those kids, or if he's just now getting revenge because of what the parents did with mob mentality. Yeah, I mean it's- that's kind of an interesting wrinkle to it, and I wish they committed to something yeah. different. Um, but I think I don't think he was ever supposed to be a child molester in the original films. I think. Well, sexual joy out of torturing kids, which is no better. But don't they canonize it in the one where they're like, he's the child of a hundred of a hundred criminals or whatever? Oh my Uh, god, bastard son of a thousand maniacs. One directed by Rennie Harlan. Yeah, yeah, that was the uh, fifth one. I thought. 
Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think they had the kid from uh, the first Jurassic Park who mouths off to uh, Neil. <laughs> I think that's him. I can't remember, but that's the one Rennie Harlan made. And yeah, it, no, I, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that is that terrible little child. Uh, what the fuck did Rennie Harlan? What, what the fuck? I know one of the one of the later Nightmare directors. He also directed The Mask, um, and um, and that's that, that happened be because good. early on they were doing more of a nightmare take, like it was going to be more of a horror thing with the book. Oh, they were going to follow the graphic novel a little more. Yes, remember? Yeah, uh, that might have been the guy directed Nightmare Four, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I don't even think the Nightmare movies get that bad uh, as you watch them. They're still like they become campy. I think part five and part six are definitely questionable at best in their quality, but outside of that, Mm. everything else is great. Okay, so the director of Dream Warriors did The Mask. The Predator 2 guy did one of the other later Nightmare movies. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, because I really like part four, actually. I Dream Warriors is one of my favorites. Like part, oh no, that's part three. I'm thinking of yeah, part is four. Dream Warriors. Four is Dream Dream Master. Child? No, Dream part Child? part five is the Dream Child. Oh yeah, that's right. It is Dream Master for four because okay. it's like a girl who's yeah. like she's like even with Freddy, right? Yeah, and that's the one like watching the. Uh, did you guys ever watch the uh, documentary, like the three and a half hour, four hour documentary about the yeah. Nightmare Street series? Yeah. Yes, for, yeah. Both, for both yeah. for both sides of that equation. Um, yeah. Because, well, they, they talk about how uh, they didn't have the budget for a lot of the, the Freddy killing people scenes, especially like the, uh, the, the one where What's-Her-Face's brother is fighting him, and it's just him fighting an invisible Freddy. Oh my. <laughs> they, <laughs> they had big plans for that and they're like yeah we don't have the budget so we're just gonna do this vaguely asian themed room and you're gonna fight an invisible guy Such an old and by the way technique. dream child is the same director as predator 2 in case anybody okay okay yeah oh. i like part two i feel like whoever directed that went on to do other things other than horror because because <laughs> yeah they knew what so. they were doing. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, they did. Uh, I like, that was, make a that, film, that was uh, one of my favorite parts of the documentary, like seeing like actors and a couple of the writers be like, oh, yeah, we, we knew what this movie was. And then I, like a producer or two were like, what? no, we didn't know that. Was yeah, that's on. my favorite thing about it is there's a few people who are like, what? I have no idea mm-hmm. what you're talking about. No mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Jack Shoulder, which great name by the way, director mm-hmm. of Nightmare Two, uh, born in Philadelphia. So uh, yeah, oh, that's a thing. Okay. Um, and he directed Alone in the Dark. Wait, no, that's uh, what? What? Okay, oh, so the wait, 1982. Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say because definitely made that video game movie. Yeah. God damn it, I closed the window. God damn it. <laughs> and you know what? You know what's funny? This happened recently too to some other uh big eighties, nineties, well more nineties uh like sci-fi horror franchise and fucking Predator, because I've heard the Predator is pretty bad. Yeah, I've yeah. heard nothing good about it. Yeah. Uh I watched some YouTube because that's pretty much how I kind of uh make sure it's gonna be a safe film to, to watch and not be a total waste of time. Um and I, I beheld some of the worst CGI I've ever come across. I mean, that's the worst thing about the movie. You should it's a movie, and I've said this about a lot of movies from last year, it's a movie you do need to see so you can form your own opinion. Um, I'm gonna see it eventually, but it was like Venom where I was like, I'll just wait until I'm at a point where I'm the movie's in my face and I have no choice. That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, um, I heard about yeah. the weird alternate endings, like one where just fucking really show up for some reason not played by Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah, yeah I've I, heard about, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, oh, um, quick back to Nightmare on Elm Street 2's director. Uh, he directed The Hidden, which is actually a yeah. pretty good movie. Like, I haven't seen it in forever, but I mean, it's got Kyle MacLachlan as an alien trying to hunt down an evil alien. Like, <laughs> what? I'm into that. I'm into yeah. that a lot, actually. It's oh, he's the playing Hidden. an FBI agent, 
FBI agent, special agent Lloyd Gallagher. Um, okay, wow. There's some. There's oh some... yeah, maybe he's working with an alien. I can't remember. Okay, because there was a movie I saw on TV when I was little, and I thought this might have been it, but it's not. There was a movie I saw. It was on TV. I was watching it with my dad, and it was like about these two aliens disguised as humans who could just like sustain all kinds of wounds and just like regenerate. That might be it. Um, yeah, because it takes place in LA. Yeah, it's uh, he's the FBI agent who ends up working with uh, the one alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's worth checking out. Like it's very eighties, like nineteen eighty seven at peak capacity. Honestly, the only things I've seen Kyle McLaughlin in were Twin Peaks, Dune, and Blue Velvet. That's it. That's a big one. Um yeah. As the mayor. Um, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, um, have you seen saw... any Portlandia at all? Just, just my curious. brother has shown me some. Yeah, I have. My brother showed me all the Jeff Goldblum stuff. Okay. Yeah, and that's like he runs. Uh, it's he runs a store for uh preserved knots, where it's just like things that become <laughs> not, knotted. And I think he goes into a back room and pulls out his prized possession, which is uh like iPod headphones that were tangled in someone's pocket. It's in like a, it's in like a glass case. It's air sealed, and he just the people touch it. Nice. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, Colin Clockins apparently in that movie, The House with Clocks in Its Walls, or The House with Clocks in Its Walls. He huh. is. Oh. Um, he's not as uh, uh, campy as I wanted him to be in that movie. Like I expected, just full on unleashed Kyle McLaughlin, but he's in that, and he's a good villain. I would say. Um, yeah. Well, that was that was something I hadn't realized until recently. Is that that's based on a John Belaris book, which I grew up reading. John Belaris books, like they were perfect, like preteen, like horror stories, and they're actually they're actually pretty good from what I remember. I mean, mind you, this is like eleven year old, twelve year old me remembering it, but mm-hmm. I remember hearing before that Eli Roth is basing it off of like a, like a I don't want to use the phrase children's book, but yeah, like a young adult book. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Eric Kripke, the the person who wrote the script, um, he wrote the first five seasons of Supernatural. Um, he was the showrunner oh. uh, before that okay. show went off the rails. And watching House with the Clock and Swells, I was like, oh, he stole a lot of his stuff from this lore, from this world, because um, okay. a lot of it comes back. Um, and if you if if anybody knows. Supernatural lore, even a little bit, um, uh, the yellow nope. demon shows up, um, and it's pretty, it's interesting. Um, and he's kind of said uh, in interviews that they are the same universe, kind of, possibly. Um, so, Perfect. yeah. Uh, huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, you can say anything when you're not doing a show anymore, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, when, you, when, when your show has gone on for 10 years after it was supposed to end, um, yeah, you can say yeah. whatever you want. The, um, clip in, the clip in Scrubs where Turk runs into the old host of Love Connection at the hospital. He's like, He goes, What have you been doing since Love Connection went off the air? He's like, Love Connection never went off the air. I still run episodes in my basement with my neighbors. <laughs> No, but uh, speaking of a house with clock in its walls, uh, I almost picked that up tonight, but I ended up buying uh, uh, a bed night at the El Royale on uh, digital because it was 10 bucks and I couldn't really say no to that. And Hunter, Hunter, Jesus Christ, Connor, <laughs> you, <laughs> you're not tall boy, you're small boy. Oh, I'm tall, <laughs> energy. <laughs> um, you should really check that movie out. It's It's pretty great. It's a slow burn, but it's it's pretty good. Like I, I, I was in when I saw Hemsworth. I was like, "All right." <laughs> I, that, and that's unfortunately that's something I wish they hadn't revealed in the marketing. I agree. Like it's, oh, one of those. Okay. It's, yeah. It's. I, yeah. I don't want to say a whole lot, but yeah, it's something that I wish they really would have saved, like for you to be mm-hmm. surprised by, because it would have been a great role for him to come out after the movie was out and be like, "Hey, guess what?" and like shock people. But yeah, it's it. It, like I was trying to say to Arlen earlier, like it feels like it's 
it's kind of noir-esque in a way or at least like hard-boiled detective story like just the way it starts to unfold and it it's definitely a very slow burn like it's probably not until about an hour and a half in that things really pick up but it's also like a two hour and 20 minute movie so mm-hmm. yeah. but it's beautiful design and just everything dovetails pretty well at the end yeah if you like cabin in the woods I, I uh, you'll like this so. oh yeah. yeah okay wait is the same director yeah drew goddard he wrote and directed oh, it. i did not know that yep yeah yep, yeah yep. that's why hemsworth uh, and I- the whole cast being insane so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, John Hamm is also in it, and he's pretty great. Yeah, and, and the soundtrack. It's in Cabin in the Woods, and then like every time I go back and watch, I'm like, look at his baby face. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because that so movie was in development hell, so like it's really, yeah, really young. Know, like I think it's pretty stark. Come out. Well, the uh, only reason that movie came out is because Thor did so well. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Yeah. And I think it was the same year as Avengers. I that, that it officially. That's... I'm not that's sure. Think, what that's that Cabin in the Woods came out? Yeah, I think it I was. I feel like that's right. Yeah, if it wasn't the same year, it was definitely very close to. Like, yeah, yeah, it just it kind of came out of nowhere. It's, it seems odd because I mean, having a uh, Joss Whedon's name connect. Well, I think that also had a lot to do with it. Was yeah. Joss Whedon directing Avengers and it doing so well? They're like, yeah, let's let's make sure this mm-hmm. gets out. Yeah, so oh, those names. Yeah. This little movie, and so your big guy pinches the movie cheek like <laughs> yeah. yeah as condescendingly yeah you're a big boy yeah. now big boy now. <laughs> yeah. uh i mean at least it got that treatment True. Like, treat, which was made and then uh who distributed that because what's trick-or-treat we don't know what that film is we forgot about it <laughs> oh god we threw that in it a just ball comes, out, like, comes out five yeah. years later just like on-demand services with no fanfare whatsoever and people were left to discover on their own which is Good, but that movie deserves oh it, it deserves so much more attention than it gets like i think it officially got a blu-ray blu-ray release until like maybe last year maybe two years ago and it wasn't even it wasn't the studio that released it on blu-ray it was like one of the independent studios that gets the rights to stuff and releases yeah, factory it looks yep. like um yep. which i mean they're very good at it but still like Come on. Yeah, what I like it was the first it was the first like horror anthology I've seen in forever that was so well done and everything was connected. It was good throughout, which is yeah. something yeah. that like sometimes anthologies really struggle with because there's I mean, always that one sketch where it's like yeah. eh. I'd say all anthologies struggle with this. This is why I tend to not judge them too harshly. Uh yeah. I always yeah. find one where I'm like, yeah, no. No, fuck you, kick the can. Um, that's right. I, I said it. I said it. I did it. Fuck you, kick the can. Um, <laughs> we're calling you out. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, there was. I thought there was supposed to be a different short in there, other than kick the can, and and something happened that they decided, oh no, we can't do that one. All right, let's just throw that in here. I mean, I was, it, was, was it the helicopter crash? Was it? No, was it no, 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 no. It was it. I can't remember which story it was, but I'd I'd been listening to a podcast and they were talking about it recently, or I'd read mm-hmm. an article and there was basically it brought up the fact that like whatever all the stuff that happened with Vic Maro dying and all that, like I think I think there was something else Atlantis was supposed to direct, and mm. they ended up being like. Eh, nah, Let's pull Spielberg in and do this real quick. Right. How about we not show your face for several years? Right. How about <laughs> yeah. we all go to Europe and make a Temple of Doom and uh, mm-hmm. never go back to America, possibly. Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, I think on the Movie Dumpster episode, we had Matt Curion on for uh, American Murder in Paris. I think he, he heard about how if that helicopter thing had never happened, then John Landis would have been to procreate we would never had max landis yeah yeah you're right yeah well he he might have had max landis but he wouldn't have been so fucked up and sending him off to boarding school after boarding school after boarding school and putting him on lithium and all that whatnot so maybe max landis might have ended up a normal person maybe yeah like uh yeah like more like max brooks uh, completely. Yeah. I have also yeah. John covered up for a lot of stuff that Max did, which is super shitty. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I, I just remembered it was uh, actually on the Laser Time episode about Twilight Zone episodes that they talked about uh, the Twilight Zone movie and the kick the can inclusion. Just to just to plug another podcast yeah. while we're recording yeah. one. But uh, another point on Trick or Treat, like anthologies are kind of a thing now. Um, mm-hmm. So Trick or Treat was kind of ahead of its time, like ten years. Well, ahead and it's of its, time. it's it's fucking really fucking it's still ahead of its time though because it it not only has strong individual stories but then it has a strong through story that connects everything like it doesn't feel like any one thing was given short shrift and yeah you're right connor creep show was was ahead of its time but it it also was pulling from a lot of places that hadn't been strip mined yet which was mostly like yuri and and uh crypt of uh, what tales from the crypt and stuff like that i think the only one i really don't like is that tar monster one from two yeah yeah it because yeah thanks for the ride ladies pretty great um for 20 minutes and then they all die i'm like that was dumb like yeah but you got to see some sweet sweet boobs you got to see some you got to see some cans oh booby Uh, I, I mean, first of all, the, the first movie had Adrian Barbeau. You don't need to make up for anything in that department, okay? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the, the second one also had those great animated scenes. The movie the, first. I read the uh, the book first, and I found it at the, the my, my school library. Oh, God. Yeah. I, wow, your school is very uh, tolerant. Oh, seems. fucking lapse in judgment on one adult's part. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah, because I mean, when I was growing up, like they were pulling books out of libraries, just like, oh nope, can't have this book. It has vaguely, vaguely satanic things in it, like, or it has something related to magic. Oh, it's a good thing I went to school in garden first grade in Florida. Well, yeah, it's it's a good thing they they couldn't be bothered to burn those books because they're too busy giving balls of milk. Yeah. <laughs> and in Florida, you were just being taught by the alligator. So exactly, yeah, yeah old climby. <laughs> we had in our in my first grade school library, we had um as child friendly as they can be, uh picture versions of the Universal Monster movies. These oh. short, like very short form versions of the books at uh and short little kind of blocks of text to accompany them, and it was a super condensed uh retelling of those movies. So that's that was my first exposure to that. Oh wow. Yeah. That would have it's been my the, favorite thing as a kid, probably. Um, it's it's funny because I was just talking to my wife earlier about uh, uh, is it Edward Gorey, uh, the illustrator? Uh, the uh, uh, oh, God, scary stories to tell in the dark. No, no, that's somebody different. I'm not sure who that is. Edward Gorey is the guy who uh, think Tim Burton, but actually kind of like his aesthetic. Like okay. I, I, Arlen, you know who I'm talking about. Uh yeah, now that you say that, yeah, uh, Edward Gorey, but Edward it's like Corey. G O R E Y, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, when I was in like third grade, there was a book in the library that was like, you know, elementary school appropriate horror stories. I guess thinking back on it, probably not. But all of the illustrations were by Edward Gorey, and looking back on that, like, there's no way for him to do illustrations that aren't horrific and kind of menacing like yeah like he did the uh abcs of death if i well not death but something along those lines i'm gonna send a picture over messenger so you guys can see but you'll know it as soon as you see it like what i'm talking about like i'm sure you guys have seen his stuff before there's one i'm looking at it looks like just floating chewbacca heads that's the best way I can <laughs> describe it. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that one. Like but um Yeah, it's there's something very sinister about his stuff. And it looks actually, almost, if you're looking at it from a distance, some of them look like stuff from like where the wild things are. Like it's very kind uh, of Yeah, it kind of looks Maurice Maurice Sendak esque, yeah. Um and actually it's in the Discord right now. It uh it also connects to uh something I was talking about earlier, John Belaris. He did the artwork or the illustration for all the covers of the John Belaris books. Okay. So that's that explains why I actually really enjoyed reading them too, because it set the tone really well. Isn't uh isn't Del Toro 
adapting scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, he is. And he I think is. the the movie is supposed oh. to come out this year. Yeah. The movie or is uh, it a show? I can't remember. Is I it... thought it was a movie, actually. Oh, well. Yeah, and he, he said he's not going to pull any punches, which is the part I really liked. He's not going to, yeah. like, kid, kidify it up. Like, I guess it will be an all-ages thing, but, like, adults will be terrified in it as well as children, which is something that, yeah, we need more of that. We needs to happen more often. I well, googled that, and the first headline I got was "New Final Destination movie in the works." Saw writers, and I'm so angry I had to read all of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, if uh, if I remember correctly, like uh, Del Toro had also said, like he wants to have the creatures, ghosts, whatever, as best. I that's the best way to describe it to match the illustrations as closely as possible to yeah, that give is- that sense of disquiet. Yeah. Good because uh, that means people learn the right lessons because they released that book and took all that art out of it and replaced it with really lame, uh, just inoffensive art, and people got pissed. what? Why would yeah. why? And then why? After, there was a big backlash and people were mad, and then finally they went back and restored the original art. Uh, why would you would replace so. yeah. that? That completely defeats the purpose of those books. Because let's be yeah. honest, those stories really aren't all that scary. It's the artwork that makes them horrific. Yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah. the story about the fucking big toe. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, I think my I favorite one of those things is not, it's not scary. It's very, uh, it's very amusing. Is uh, the Viper? Oh yeah. yeah. I wish to wash your windows. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, and uh, I think that's where I heard. Uh, I think one of my favorite short ghost or scary stories, which is I think it was called "There's Room for One More." Mm-hmm. That was where uh, this having a, it's like a car pulls up and there's someone like something else pulls up and this, there's always one person saying oh come on in there's room for oh, one yeah. more yeah i vaguely remember the this elevator one. and someone in the elevator says there's room for one more and then as he's walking away the elevator fucking falls down the, the uh, shaft and everything mm-hmm. and yeah the the yeah. particular illustration for that story was like the people in the elevator and they all look horrific and mutated like all of those illustrations do yes yes, yes. yeah it's I haven't revisited that book in a long time. I want to touch on this headline real quick Mm -hmm. because about I guess someone asked him, hey, do you want to do a Saw reboot? And I wanted to climb through my computer and throttle this this hypothetical reporter uh, for even putting it into the air, the idea of a Saw reboot. No. Okay, so I didn't want to look this up because why would I? Um... But I did, like, click on that story when I initially read it, and I couldn't see what the actual question asked was. There was a question in the headline, but it didn't match up with what the person was quoted as saying. And it sounded like, sure, I would work on okay. Saw. I think I, I, might have, I, might have mis- I might have read something that was misquoted. I just don't like the idea of us having a conversation about it. Yeah, I mean... Jigsaw, that's fucking... Yeah. Yeah, that's... That the world surprised by that nobody yeah i feel like it's a i feel like it's a case of the the people writing the stories just wrote what was going to be the most clicked it was like how can we get people to look at it well final destination and saw people like both those things so if we put them both in the title and we don't give you any real context for what was said we can get people to click um because there's not really any context for them even asking about a reboot, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's so we need to follow Destination reboot. It's why stop this. I feel like it's mm. barely been a minute. It's also how many times are you going to do this where it is literally the same movie over and over again? And you can't even say that with the Saw film because at least they have the, the the decency to change who the villain is every mm. once in a while. Final Destination is like. There's a group of teenagers, and up oh, they all got killed in horrible ways. Now watch them all get ceremoniously picked off, and then the end of the movie will reveal they didn't escape death after all. Well, I feel like that movie, that movie series is fascinating because it's it's the thing that critics in the '80s who were like really upset about uh, slasher films. It's the thing that they were talking about that wasn't really happening at the time they were kind of making it out to be that way that all the movies were just the same thing over and over again um 
and but that is final destination it is really just like this is the plot you know it you're waiting for the moment when they all realize that death is following them you're waiting for tony todd's cameo um um, and you're just waiting for all these moments and you're waiting for the deaths to come up um and you're waiting for them to just give you more and more inventive death scenes um which i guess that has some value you know but i don't know i feel like those movies don't really deserve a lot of credit creatively if you ask me other than the uh, visual no. effects I mean, people other than going into really i was watching the one in th- the 3d one that came out uh, a few uh, and it got to the end where I was just laughing my ass off because at this point it was these like absurd Rube Goldberg device esque uh, setups to get these people into peril. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, Death is overworking himself at this point. Like, why is he doing all this? There's so many steps. I, I honestly, I've only watched one and a half of those movies. Yeah, well, the three D. I saw because the three D one. It was free because I worked at the at the time so i just went with my other my co-workers it's nothing against them like i've heard they're fun if you just disconnect yourself from a story and just watch them for the death scenes but i uh, i need a little bit more than just that in a movie like i i barely have time as is to watch a two and a half hour movie let alone an hour and a half of something i don't really want to watch so Uh, which is why i've i've not really dip my toes in the horror pool uh, all but once a year around October, November, because a lot of what that comes out is just trash. Although Shudder yep. has been very good for me discovering things that either I watch and have a fantastic story to tell afterwards, or I watch and go, hey, that wasn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been about 90% of my experience with Shudder, and there's that 10% that I'm like, that was actually quite good. But yeah, most of it's been like, oh, this has actually been decent. Like, it might not be the best executed, but I've been happy with the, what is it, like 6 or $5 a month I'm spending on it, something ridiculously low. I think it's less than 5 which is the that's... only reason I've continued to sub. Like, why not? I think yeah. it's like four ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's barely $5. Yeah, it's barely. Yeah, I don't even notice it. I have other subscriptions you know, that I do notice looking at you, AMC. AMC subs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, I, I I think I kind of want to wrap because I hear the dogs uh, yelling at me from the other room to let them out. I know Ashley and Dean aren't here, so. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah that works. sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess we can talk about class. Uh, I have nothing to plug um, right now uh because uh movie dumpster is still in its break so you should go check out all of season one yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah actually go listen to that it's a great great show yeah um i've actually been considering uh, re-listening our home long <laughs> four episode is a very spiteful fun episode i haven't gotten to that yet i'm catching up on the backlog at this point man, man we hate that movie <laughs> Arlen, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, Lost Horror Podcast every single week. Um, Monster Mash coming out monthly, or it should be. Uh, I think our next episode will be Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, which which everyone has. Jason in New York uh, for like five minutes. Um, uh, the the one that's really bad. <laughs> it's real, real bad. That's a bad movie. <laughs> bad, bad for Friday standards. I hate that fucking movie. It's it's yeah. It's I'm, you, you have the best summation of that film ever. You're like the kills in this movie are lethargic. I'm like oof. <laughs> They're in slow I'm, motion. I'm still wondering how they got from a lake to New York. On because a boats and water. <laughs> the lake, the lake suddenly had like a, fucking, a, a stream large enough to fit a boat I, that could go through it. It suddenly had man-made tributaries. Like what? What is? Okay. <laughs> I'm still bothered by the fact that they were like, "Oh, nobody in Washington is going to notice that we're pretending Washington is New York, which it's not. If they don't look anything like, they don't." <laughs> I know. I'm from here. What, what do you mean? There aren't redwoods in New York? Right. There aren't trees bigger than certain buildings. Um, <laughs> uh, God damn it. Um, yeah, that... that uh, and, and, I mean, we talk about this a lot on the episode, but there are moments in that where I'm like, 
oh, you guys could have done something here. Like, there's a moment that's kind of like found footage during a time where there were like five movies that could even be considered found footage that even existed. Um, so, yeah. Like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. That's that, and we have a Valentine's episode that should also be happening pretty soon here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we figure out what exactly, or are you talking about for uh, Lucaro? Uh, yeah, for Mash actually, but uh, maybe for oh, okay. Lucaro. We'll see. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll uh, talk about uh, dating and love life and things like that. No, that's not going to happen. But, no, that's uh, no. Yeah. no, no. Uh, all right, I'm Eric Fedorchek. You can find me on Instagram at Eric underscore Fedor. There's pictures of dogs and cats and food and comic books and other sorted sundries, I guess. Dried goods? No, I don't have any dried goods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm also floating around the Phantom Zone. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm there. If you want to talk, cool. If those of you who actually fucking listen would acknowledge that we're talking about you on the show. Um <laughs> <laughs> that is email dirty sci-fi buddha we know that you like every single post <laughs> um and outside of that uh special guest wanted to chime in uh Arlen, Arlen listen your mother has a tanker truck full of cream listen your mother has a tanker truck full of creamed corn and we have to eat it by Wednesday. <laughs> you need to help me with it. Get back here. Stop watching that movie for the second time. We've got a lot of corn with a lot of cream in it to eat. Both fucking executives from podcast fucking fusion. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh God. Bye, go see Blast. Don't Bye, listen to the critics.